I got to say, you know, I'm humbled by the faith of certain people. I'm humbled by their expression of their faith. It's not that I don't have a great faith. I do. I have those moments of rocky times when, when I get a little shaken. I have those moments of spiritual highs. And I feel firm and secure in who I am and who God is creating me into. But there are some people that I look to and am humbled by their expression of love for our Savior. And I'm going to call you out. I've called you out a couple of times and I'm going to do it again. You're one of them. I'm humbled. And none of you know exactly what I'm talking about, except maybe those of you in the first two rows. I'm humbled by a high school boy's faith and expression thereof, of his Savior. And his realization that there is something greater than him in this world. That he doesn't have it all together. And let's face it, how many high school boys really think that? How many 30-something-year-old boys really think that? You know? I'm humbled by that. I'm humbled by other people that I see who don't care what you think of them. They're going to get their worship on. They don't care what you think of them. They're going to pray in public places and they're going to not be bashful about it because that is who they are. They're going to live their life for God the way that he has called them. I'm humbled by that. I think it's something that we all should look to. And it's something that sets up as God does so beautifully for this. Matthew 18, verse 1. About that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, which one of us is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Jesus called a small child over to him and put the child among them. Then he said, I assure you, unless you turn from your sins and become as little children, you will never get into the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, anyone who becomes as humble as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And anyone who welcomes a little child like this on my behalf is welcoming me. But if anyone causes one of these little ones who trusts in me to lose faith, it would be better for that person to be thrown into the sea with a large millstone tied around their neck. How terrible it will be for anyone who causes others to sin. Temptation to do wrong is inevitable. But how terrible it will be for the person who does the tempting. Now, we talked about last week a little bit that the disciples were young, younger than we all, a lot of times think. And so this is a typical question of young boys. Which one of us is your favorite? Is essentially what they're asking. I'm sure they've been bickering amongst themselves. Peter's going, I'm the rock. Duh, it's me. John's like, he called me the beloved, whatever, you know. And Thomas is like, eh, I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> Thank you. A very learned crowd. That was great. Um. Yeah, so they're they're like debating in this amongst themselves. They go to Jesus. Hey, which one of us is the greatest? And he like slaps them upside the head. Mm -mm. No. So he calls a child. He puts the child in front of them. Now, we don't know who the child was. Some say that it was John because he was the youngest disciple. Others, there's a a historical tradition in the church that it was Ignatius, uh, who later became this um, mountain of a leader in the early church. Uh, others say that it was Peter's kid. Peter was married, likely had a child. Maybe it was Peter's child. Um, another 
theologian says that he believes it was a girl. And the reason that we don't know if it was a boy or a girl is because uh, the Greek word for child is androgynous. It's pat, essentially, you know, that you don't know if it's a boy or a girl because they called children. Okay, y'all not, aren't that learned. That took you a lot longer. They called children essentially it's up to like babies. Babies were not a he or a she. They were an it. They were seen by society as kind of a, you know, a hindrance, a drag, something to um, put up with until they were at a point where they could do something worthwhile. So much so that especially girls, if if a girl was born into a family, that is another mouth to feed and more money to uh, to to come out of the pockets. So a lot of times girls were taken to the city gates and thrown onto the trash pile and left for predators or starvation or exposure, or for someone to come along and take them, either as a slave or to bring them up. Children were tossed aside. That would happen to boys as well. They were, in essence, a useless part of society until they could be useful. And so Jesus brings this little girl, the least of these, into the circle of the disciples and says, this, this is who I want you to be. Who's the greatest? She is. Now you can hear the disciples, these teenage boys going, wait, what? People throw her to the trash and we're following you. We're becoming rabbis. How is, how is she the greatest? And then he calls upon attributes of a child. Humility. Innocence. You know, think about it. You have this little girl who isn't tainted by the world. Who hasn't had to unlearn anything because she's just learning. She is in awe of the world. It's one of those things where, you know, this last song that we sang, we're filled with wonder, wonder, awestruck wonder at the mention, at just the mention of his name. How many of us can say that we are filled with awestruck wonder at the just the mention of the name of Jesus? We live in a broken world. We live in a fallen society. We live in a world where darkness exists. You don't believe me? Turn on the news. And yet we've lost something because of that. We've become jaded. We have become less than enthused with most everything that happens in this world. We're like, seen that before. Another war going on. Yeah. There's a drought going on in another country other than Texas. And I'm just concerned about this one. There's all this stuff going on around the world. Slavery exists to a greater degree today than it ever has at any time in the history of our world. Hmm. Stuff happens. Because we live in a fallen world. And we live in a world where we've come to expect that. 
And here's this little girl who doesn't expect that. Here's this little girl, this child, who has not yet learned that the world is standing against her. Who has not yet learned that even though her parents might have thrown her to the trash pile, that there is someone who loves her so much that he was willing to give his life for hers. This awestruck wonder. Have you ever seen a child see something amazing and you think it's mundane? You ever seen, I said last service, I said the thumb trick. I still can't do it. Somebody tried to show me, you know, where you take the thumb off. Right? See, I mean, I can't, where'd your thumb go thing? And a kid's like, oh. And after the service, my, thank you, out of the mouths of babes, she's like, I can do it. It's not a big deal. And then uh, my, my wife told me after the service, her parents, they were sitting around and she goes, dad, remember when you used to, he put a quarter on his arm and he, throw it down, you know, the old catch the quarter trick, and then he'd reach behind their ear, she and her sister, and go, it's back behind your ear. And they'd go, wow, how did you do that? I hope I didn't blow the trick for anyone. (laughs) You know, we have these moments when we're kids, when we do something, and it's just like, oh, wow. Corbin just and Jenna just took uh, the train back from Dallas um, uh, last week. And... She sent a couple, she took a couple of videos of him and his experience in it. And it was amazing to see this because from the eyes of a four-year-old, this is something tremendous happening here. This train, this, you're sitting up on the top, they're on the second little deck of the train and seeing all these things go by. And we would say, it looks like a bunch of parched land. Like, light a match and pfft, there's a fire, you know, woo, wig, whoop. And it's going by and he just sat there, eyes huge, just in awe of everything that was happening. Wait, there's a car on the train and we get to eat dinner here? Awesome! They're going to bring me macaroni and cheese right here to my table and I get to see all this stuff happening? This is so much better than our kitchen at home. All of these things, he was just blown away by this entire experience. And it was a long experience. The, the train ride from Dallas to San Antonio, they left Dallas at, um, I think, uh, 12 o'clock. And I picked them up downtown San, San Antonio at 11.30 p.m. <laughs> Who's going to get a ticket on Amtrak, you know? It's a long journey, right? But he gets off and he is fired up 1130 he's in his pajamas he's got his crew with him his lovey bear and his teddy bear and all that stuff and and he's just like did you see the train dad i'm like yeah jesus is like where's that sense and you where did you lose the sense that i am awesome it's not me god Me too, a little bit, but him much more. Where have we lost that sense that God is amazing? And that, did you know that the sun came up today? How many of you could do that? Awesome. If you think about it, amazing. Last night I was out watering um, the grass by hand. I'm going to run me a ticket. 
And, you know, I'm out there watering, and then, you know, this lightning storm. It was raining south of town somewhere, lucky fellas. And um, I just see this, like, lightning storm, and it was just so cool and amazing. And these clouds kind of move, and it gets into this point, and it just stops almost in this framing of the, of the moon. The moon is huge and gigantic, and, and here's these clouds, and it's lighting the clouds up in such a way that it was just beautiful. And so I drop the hose and I run inside and I get my camera and I run back out. And Jenna's like, what are you doing? And uh, I'm like, I'll, I'll be back. And, and I spend like 10 minutes taking pictures of this and adjusting settings and taking a picture. And like, oh, I can't see anything. You know, I moved. Ah, you know, and it looks, you know, just like all kinds of weird things. And, and I just couldn't capture it. And I came back in. And she's like, what are you doing? I was like, God, it was beautiful. Just this moment where the clouds hung around the moon in such a way, and the moon was lighting them up in such a way that it, it was as if to say God was looking down going, dude, check this out. It was a moment that I couldn't capture because I'm not that skilled apparently, or maybe you just sometimes can't capture the beauty of God. It was a moment where I just went, whoa. And what I did the rest of the evening, what I would typically do is go in and turn the television on. What I did instead, for some reason, I don't ever do this, but I listened to worship music. I put on Jesus culture. And I just started listening to some of those amazing hymns that they sing and they just build. And we sing some of their songs here. And we, we got in bed and we were sitting in bed and I was reading a magazine about beer and listening to Jesus culture music. And I was just in awe of God. I got to tell you, though, I don't do that a lot. I don't get in awe of God a lot. I don't humble myself enough to think, oh, I woke up this morning. I had breath. Thank you. I just get up. I don't stop and be in awe of my children and my wife and the way that God's hand has created them and is continually shaping them. Because I get lost in myself and I get lost in the world and I get lost in the day-to-day tasks and I forget to humble myself. And be struck with wonder at the mention of his name. Now look, there's a whole back section of this that talks about if you are one to turn someone away from God. Watch it. Temptation is going to happen. The world is going to cause me to want to not be in awe of God. That's just the way it is right now. Won't always be that way, but it is the way it is now. But if I am one to be a stumbling block, some translations say, to be a temptation, to draw someone away from the love of God, the saving grace of Christ, not good. It talks about a millstone in the sea. The Jews were, were very afraid of the sea. They called it the abyss. A millstone 
This is a big millstone he's talking about. The Greek word um, mean, mulos okinos means millstone of a donkey. It was a millstone big enough that a donkey had to move it. Jesus wasn't playing around. How often do we allow the world to step in front of us and take away that childlike just wonderness of God? Somebody asked me at the last service, how do you do that, though? It's an older gentleman. He goes, look, I I was out walking the other day, the other night, and I saw the moon. And I looked up and I said, God, thanks for the moon. He said, but just it wasn't there in the pit of my stomach. Just that sense of what it was last year. I said, well, that's a great question. I think it's a practice. I, I think it's almost a spiritual discipline the same way that studying the scripture is. The same way that worshiping, the same way that prayer, the same way that meeting together with the body of Christ is, the same way that experiencing God's gift through communion is. It's spiritual discipline and practice that must be undertaken. In other words, you feel the need to get on your knees during worship, get on your knees during worship. You don't feel the need to raise your hand, maybe just raise them a little bit and go through this practice. Maybe come from right here. Just right there. No one's going to see. No one's going to care. And you continually put your hands up. Somebody somebody looks at you. How come you're putting your hands up? I just feel like I need to be more in wonder of God. Right now it means nothing to me. But I'm going to keep doing it. Until I get here. Until I get here. Or until, like this humble child of faith does, up front, I get on my face. And I'm struck in wonder at your name. Let us pray. Gracious and Heavenly Father, We thank you for being in our midst. We thank you for giving us your love, for giving us our very lives. We thank you that you are an amazing God, worthy to be praised. Worthy to be praised. God, help us to to not hold anything back to give ourselves to you each and every moment of our life, to humble ourselves, to realize that we are not the center of the world, that we are not the most important thing that exists, but you are. That all things we have are because of you. Who we are is because of you. God, help us to lose ourselves and wonder at the very mention of your name. Amen.